Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Christianity is founded on a very radical kind of faith. It is redemptional. Uh, you know, redemption, yes. you used that word, you know. Yeah. Redemption is not to be equated with salvation. Salvation as a concept always goes with damnation. Mm -hmm. Salvation is salvation of the good, the righteous, the deserving, the worthy. Damnation of the wicked, the undeserving, the unworthy. This is what Christianically radically changes because Christianity proposes that salvation is for all. Including the wicked? Including sinners. If you really love unconditionally like God, you better be ready to suffer like Jesus Christ on the cross. That's radical love. Because you have opted to save even the undeserving. Is that the reason why your response to Mr. Duterte's rants and blaspheming against the church has been, let us just pray for the president? Um, yes, in many ways. Because he's also a child of God. Conversations with Randy David explores the various aspects of culture, politics, religion, and everything else that makes us Filipino. Listen in on the conversation with today's guest, Kaluokan Bishop Pablo Virgilio David. Higit isang linggo matapos ang pagkamatay, inihatid na sa kanyang huling hantungan si Kian de los Santos. Nagmarcha ang kanyang pamilya, kamag-anak, kaibigan at tigasuporta patungong Laloma Public Cemetery kung saan inilibing si Kian de los Santos. Justice for Kian ang mensaheng ipinaabot nila. But this is all so disturbing. Huh? And yet people like us who observe these things on a regular basis just feel so helpless mm -hmm at seeing that despite the brutality of these killings, yeah. people seem to have become accustomed to them yeah. Yeah. or excuse them or yes. justify them yes. or are no longer, they're numbed by no, this entire thing. Right. Yeah. In fact, they place themselves in a situation where they easily accept the explanation yeah. that this is all for the good of the country. Yes, and, and it's for that reason that we consider ourselves as a miserable failure in the formation of consciences. When you say we... I, I, mga spiritual leaders, the clergy. Because Why do you say that, Mambo? Because we, we don't really have a, a strong moral influence on the majority of our people anymore. Because we're not even able to reach the majority. Not all people come to church. Not all people are able to listen to, to the message of the Word of God, you know. We are not really able to... Uh, 
to give the the formation that people need or But even don't you think that yeah. formation is a shared responsibility it is also yeah. of the schools yes. of the families yes. of the mass media no well that <laughs> is very it's very consoling to hear that you know because we really take responsibility for it we're supposed to be spiritual and moral leaders we're supposed to be educators of conscience and when people you know behave this way we say Where did we go wrong? When when you have a situation such as the one we have today, which seems to scandalize all of humanity outside of the Philippines, <laughs> and yet you have the vast majority, and I say vast, yeah. meaning the 80% mm -hmm. who tell the SWS or Palace Asia that they approve and are satisfied mm -hmm. with uh, the general uh, performance. Yes of the Duterte government. Even social scientists find that very difficult to explain. The Philippine National Police is now more than determined to do well in their operations against illegal drugs, with the positive results reflected in the latest survey of the Social Weather Station or SWS, saying 8 out of 10 Filipinos are satisfied with the war on drugs of the PNP. This popular acknowledgement of the successful police campaign against this 21st century scourge is the strongest recognition and manifestation of support that will serve to inspire and challenge us even more to wage the campaign further. You know, uh, one time I was reading one of your columns, Kuya. You were talking about populism and how it works. Mm. Um, and I realized that many of the poor are so full of resentments. Mm -hmm. When you have a populist government that says... I am willing to make shortcuts. I will yes. uh, kill. I will make sure we get rid easily of criminals, you know, and drug addicts, you know. Parang there is something very negative that is awakened in a lot of peop poor people. Parang the need to get even, the need to take a revenge. And it is, spiritually speaking, very unhealthy. Yeah. There is a lot of bitterness and a sense of betrayal uh, that uh, they, they, they think that the nation's leaders um, owe them uh, something. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. it, not just an explanation, but a total reversal of the way things have been. Yeah. You know? yeah. And normally in conditions of populism, it is the one who unconventionally talks, who, mm -hmm. who seems to be unorthodox, mm -hmm. who promises redemption from mm -hmm. all of this, yeah. know, that attracts the attention yes. of people. Yes. He personifies that resentment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Know? So it becomes a populist leader. Mm -hmm. And it seems to have a very negative view of law and human rights. Exactly. You know? yeah. Yeah. Because they're just so flabbergasted with mm -hmm. the way things have been. No? Yeah. That government is elitist. But how different is it bah, today? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, it's still the same. Yeah. <laughs> the wonder of it all mm -hmm. is that the, the illusion is perpetuated that mm -hmm. you have somebody yeah. who seems to have all the answers yes. no, for all the ills of this society. Yes. And um, it's just simple trust. Yes. They, the people don't even care yes. to assess yes. the performance in terms of things that are very, very clear to yes. them, yes. You know, in terms of the promises that have been made and yes. so on and so forth. Yes. It's just total trust. Yes. You know? RP, how many people are interested right. in yeah. how many people have been killed mm -hmm. in this drug war? Yeah. At dawn on February 22, 1986, the Army Reform Movement began a coup against Marcos by seizing two Manila army camps. Speaking over the Catholic radio station, Cardinal Sin called on the population to support the mutiny. 
time for our country. You spoke as a people in the last election, expressing your preference for peaceful change. I ask you now to become and to be prepared to express again your power as a people. When you were a young priest yeah. fighting the Marcos dictatorship, yeah. you know, the terms seemed very, very clear. Mm -hmm. Yes, You were fighting against human rights violations. Yes. Uh, you were fighting against corruption. Mm -hmm. You were fighting against uh, a government that seemed to perpetuate itself in power beyond what it was entitled to. Today, you know, from 2016 onwards, the church seems to be facing an entirely different situation. Mm -hmm. you, know? you have yeah. a president who speaks openly, blasphemes openly, mm -hmm. uh, mocks openly, yeah. uh, not just the clergy, but yes. the entire institution, and yes. not just the entire Catholic yes. institution itself, but also the God of, of the yes. Catholic religion. Yes. You know? yeah. Uh, calling that God stupid, insulting and cursing yes. uh, at the Pope, yes. no? and urging um, the faithful to, to kill yeah. their bishops and their priests because the Catholic Church, according to this person who happens to be the president of the Republic, yeah. says that the Catholic Church is the most useless institution mm -hmm. in society. You have never, as clergy, faced a situation like that before. No, never. This, this is uh, totally new to us. We are in unfamiliar grounds now. There, there's no existing template <laughs> as far as we're concerned. You know, mm -hmm. but we the church is familiar with persecution mm -hmm. because uh, we have you know two thousand years of history. Mm -hmm. We've lived through different forms of government: monarchical governments, democratic governments, authoritarian governments. What lessons were drawn, for example, from the early Christians during the time that Christianity was undergoing persecution? For example, in the time of Nero, you know, um, people were embracing martyrdom. They were facing the persecutor very boldly, not necessarily organizing a resistance movement. Mm -hmm. Because remember, Christianity is always uh, founded on the premise of an otherworldly reality. Mm -hmm. So when uh, we are confronted with this worldly crisis in secular realities, there is something we resort to, the hope in the hereafter. It, it sort of emboldens us to, to face, you know, people who consider us as uh, their enemies. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember one church father by the name of Tertullian who said, uh, martyrdom is the seed of Christianity. So we are still here because of the, uh, the kind of witnessing of uh, our earlier martyrs, you know. So for us, a time of persecution can also bring about a springtime for the church. On the one hand, of course, we always would like to have a kind of government that is supportive of our agenda, but it cannot always be like that. That's true. You know? When you have governments that are very supportive of the church, the normal tendency is for the church to be politically influential. Mm -hmm. And that's not always to the advantage of the church. Yes. It is then that the church also deteriorates. Then <laughs> I it, see. it is then that the church also gets involved in power play, you know. And then because we, we have political influence, then economically things are also better mm -hmm. off for us, you know. But when you have a situation like Vietnam, for example, mm -hmm. where the church was uh, persecuted, you know, many believers were 
were jailed, you'd be surprised. You know, the, the, the faith becomes more ardent. I don't know if you've ever visited the Catholic churches in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. The churches are full. Is that so? Yes. Yeah. One time, you know, I was talking to a priest and I was asking him, uh, what percentage of Catholics in Vietnam attend Mass? And he said, what do you mean? I said, like, how many people? Uh, he said, well, of course, uh, when they are sick, they don't come to Mass. I said, I don't mean that. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in general, like, uh, would you say about 50%? Mm. He says, no, all of them. You mm. mean 100% as in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said, why would you be a Catholic and not come to church? Why would you be Catholic and not come to church? Yeah, I was surprised by that, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, because they are a marginalized church. I because see. they are a persecuted church. Mm-hmm. Because they are a minority church. In places where the church is minority, marginalized, persecuted. Mm-hmm. It's like the faith becomes more ardent. Do you believe that? In places like the Philippines where the church has enjoyed a majority position, Mm -hmm. a a majority religion. Yes, the church has a tendency to be complacent. Therefore, a situation where you have the president of the republic openly attacking the church might, in a sense, be good institutionally? Ironically, yes, because uh, not institutionally, but uh, spiritually. Praise God. Pero yung God ko yung... God ng mga ubispo mong sabay-sabay sila mga gago. Your God is stupid. Mine has a lot of common sense. That's what I told the bishop. Pero itong mga ubispo ninyo, patay ninyo, wala silbi yung mga gago ngayon. is criticize. What does it do to the church? Does it have a cleansing effect? It does. It makes us go back to our sources. It mm-hmm. makes us go back to our traditions, our scriptures, our history, and our rootedness in in Jesus Christ, who is a martyr. Our, he is mm. the martyr par excellence. So it brings you back Remember? to the original yes. foundations. Yes, because you know Christianity is founded on a very radical kind of faith. It is redemptional. Mm. Uh, you know, redemption. Yes. You used that word. You know. Yeah. Redemption is not to be equated with salvation. Mm-hmm. Salvation as a concept always goes with damnation. Mm-hmm. Salvation is salvation of the good, the righteous, the deserving, the worthy. Damnation of the wicked, the undeserving, the unworthy. And that's a universal idea in most religions. This is what Christianically radically changes. Because Christianity proposes that salvation is for all. Including the wicked. Including the wicked. Including the worst. Including sinners. To work for the salvation of uh, the undeserving is what we call redemption. You have to pay the price with your own blood. Pagtubos. Ang, ang tinutubos mo yung nakasangla, hindi ba? Hindi mo niya basta-basta mababawi pagbabayaran mo ng mahal. Mm-hmm. Kaya Christianity is founded on that idea of sacrifice. Uh, radical love. If, wow. you, <laughs> if you really love unconditionally like God, you better be ready to suffer like Jesus Christ on the cross. That's radical love because you have opted to save even the undeserving. And there is always a tendency for Christianity to slide back to the idea again of salvation, of the good damnation, of the bad, the oversimplification of the faith. Is that the reason why your response to Mr. Duterte's rants and blaspheming against (laughs) the church has been, let us just pray for the president? Um, Yes, in many ways. 
because he's also a child of God. He's also a child of God? Yes. That is something people cannot accept because Christianity is founded on the belief na walang likas na masamang tao. Mm-hmm. Pwedeng mapasama ang tao because of certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. We believe in the innate goodness of people, that people are creatures in God's image and likeness and are called to be all sons and daughters of God. So no one is undeserving of redemption? We never deserve redemption. We never work for our own redemption. Who redeems God? God does because it is God's option to redeem. That is why incarnation is made possible. Because God has opted to, to save give his only even begotten. the undeserving. Then he has to pay the price with his own With blood. his own son. Yeah, that's it. That's the idea of redemption of Christianity. It's the most radical thing, also the most romantic thing. Because we are believers in unconditional love. And so we cannot be motivated by hatred of anybody at all. We never condemn persons. We, con- we can condemn structures. You know? mm-hmm. We call them you know, social sin. Mm-hmm. Because sin is not just personal. You know? It can become institutionalized. Yes. Like when we become complacent about a very unequal society where the majority are not able to enjoy the goods and services of uh, society. Occasions like this are occasions for us to go back to the radicality of Christianity. That's not the way other people perceive the situation today. Uh, mm-hmm. Because when you have the president, the highest official of the land, speaking and insulting mm-hmm. and not just criticizing, yeah. but really attacking and yeah. wishing the death yes. you know, of the clergy, yes. you know, that is such a profound attack on yes. the institution that People are surprised that the clergy has not taken any steps to defend itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe um, self-defense is not the best move in such circumstances. And yet you don't hesitate to defend yes. the victims of EJKs. Yes, yes. And e- to protect e- them. Even to take the risk, you know. Uh, even to take the to risk. To risk our lives for defending the vulnerable ones in society. But uh, when the attack is directed against us, parang... We do not feel the compulsion to defend ourselves, you know, or even defend God, <laughs> because God does not need to be defended. <laughs> what about the doctrines of the of the church? Well, Are that, they not worth defending? Of course, of course, we defend the doctrine of the church. We give our explanation to our people, you know. And do, do you think that you are doing enough of that defense of the doctrine uh, in order to make a difference? We try, but like I said, our um, scope of influence is very limited because our forum is also very limited. Like, how many people are we able to reach through our Sunday homilies? And the Sunday homily is just about, what, 10, 15 minutes? And now Pope Francis is telling us that we have to limit it really to just 10 minutes, you know? So, um, your your only way of reaching your people would be through other means like retreats, recollections, fora, or on radio, social media. That's why I've entered social media, Guya. Mm. That's why I publish I my see. homilies in the social media, my stories in the social media. It's a totally new platform that mm-hmm. most bishops and priests are not familiar with. But uh, the people are there, especially the young people. Because... Mm-hmm. It's important for us in the church to, to reach young people. Eh? Like, our churches are full, but the majority of the people who come to church are either old or very young. So, 
we're trying to understand what it is that young people are looking for now. And that the message of the church, that tam- timeless message, yeah. can actually yeah. Yeah. Uh, be communicated yes, you know, yes. to, to um, young people. About two weeks ago, we sponsored a mental health forum uh, without catering mainly to the church-going people. Mm-hmm. In fact, the pari- some of the parishioners were feeling resentful or uh-huh. uneasy that, uh, uh, that they were not invited. We communicated the invitation to the social media. Mm-hmm. And anyone who was interested in this mental health mission was welcome. What, what Especially people who felt that they were suffering from depression, addiction, mm-hmm. substance abuse. In the morning, we invited a group of psychiatrists mm-hmm. uh, to give down-to-earth mm-hmm. lectures and then an open forum that lasted for more than an hour because they had a lot of questions. We were expecting only around 50 participants. You know, more than 500 registered. Is that so? Yes. And, and the kind of questions they were asking were yeah, yeah. These are very not, revealing. Of these are not regular church-going people. Young people, by the way. Uh, what kind of problems uh, come oh my out goodness. In, in this? F- we found out that 50 to 70% of those who participated they were suffering from either moderate to severe depression. Maybe they're going through a very stressful kind of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, some of them may have gone through trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, others uh, are probably in depressing situ- family situations, mm-hmm. going through crises that would, you know, lead them to almost to become suicidal. And the heartbreaking thing is there are still Catholics who think that because the old catechism is suicide is a mortal sin. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And if you commit suicide, you don't deserve to be blessed or you cannot yeah. be brought to church. Mm-hmm. The priest will not celebrate Mass for you. No more. It's, we don't think that way so? anymore. That has changed in the catechism it, of the mm, Catholic Church. Mm. We say, yes, suicide is a mortal sin if you commit it in a right state of mind. I see. But who in his right state of mind would commit suicide? Thanks to modern psychology, now we realize that you know it would be mm-hmm. better to call suicide victims victims. Mm-hmm. Meaning they did not kill themselves. Depression killed them. What kind of response do you think the church is called upon to give to your parishioners I, and I re- to other people? No? I realize that when we offer services like this, you know, people come to church. Mm-hmm. So I said, here is one of the best ways to reach out to the young people. We, we don't say, you come to church, you be, attend Mass. No, it's, like it's the church going to them. What is it about going to church um, that uh, would have a, a positive effect on people suffering from such conditions? Well, um, you know... The sense uh, of community, the sense of... Support. And the ability to look at your experience differently using the lens of uh, scriptures. And we all go through difficult experiences. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we go through experiences that are absurd to us or totally meaningless to us. But when we are able to interpret experience, even the most painful experience mm-hmm. from the lenses of faith, oh, that is very therapeutic. We just had our retreat in the Catholic Bishops' Conference of the Philippines. And usually we invite, uh, you know, seasoned spiritual masters, spiritual directors to give retreats to the bishops. But this year, because it's the year of the youth, we invited young people 
to give retreat to us. On the second day of the retreat, we divided into small groups like youth and environment, youth and politics, youth and family life, youth and mental health, etc. About eight tract, uh, tracts. No? And I chose the youth and mental health. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the whole session, a small group of bishops, was facilitated by a young man, 24 years old, who told us that he suffered uh, from depression and that one day he decided there was no way out except suicide. So he planned his suicide. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then he told us the story on, on how he was kept from executing his plan. He was about to kill himself when his cell phone uh, rang, you know, and there was this student who was desperate who said, Sir, why, why did you not show up in our appointment? You're supposed to help me with my thesis research work. And, and he mm. had, you know, he pitied her. So, so he postponed his suicide <laughs> mm. and he showed up, you know. It was a beautiful story of how this young man recovered through the help of the church. Because there were people there for him. Mm-hmm. So support groups, people who would listen to him, people who would help him, you know, come to terms with what he was struggling with. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if we become a more responsive church, mm-hmm. then I think we will get young people. It doesn't have to be always talking about God or uh, giving a sermon to them. You know. uh, it's like to be present with them, you know, to walk mm-hmm. with them. And Pope Francis is the one who is insistent on this kind of approach to young people. Don't wait for them to come to church. Let the church go out to them. But it seems to me, Ambo, that, uh, I mean, you've been a priest for 36 years, and I noticed that you have not lost even an ounce of your passion because of your capacity to reinterpret the meaning of what it is to be a servant of Christ. That capacity is fueled a lot by a lot of the discipline of prayer and discernment. I always start my day with what I call coffee with Jesus. <laughs> I wake up very early in the morning. I shower and then make myself a cup of coffee and then bring my cup of coffee to the, cha- to the chapel. Mm-hmm. And then one-on-one with Jesus, I pray my breviary, I read the gospel reading for the day to reflect on it. And then after all that, I, I close the books, I close the, the prayer book and then just meditate. Mm-hmm. And usually it would take uh, anywhere between an hour and a half and two hours. I cannot do without that. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I, it's like I could face anything. I have enough spiritual energy in me. It's what keeps me going. But of course, we are also inspired by the leadership of Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal church leader. And his perspective is uh, not always from the perspective of orthodoxy, but the perspective of mercy. Mm-hmm. And his vocabulary is redemption. Mm-hmm. Not salvation, but redemption. Meaning, God intends to save not just the good. Mm-hmm. Wala namang ka-challenge, challenge kung ililigtas mo, mababait na, di ba? <laughs> Salvation, the, the work of redemption in the church is real. Mas malaki ang challenge doon sa pasaway. Mas malaki ang challenge doon sa those who don't toe the line, those who don't follow the, the regular norms, you know. Yeah, I know yeah. whom you mean. <laughs> Bishop Pablo Virgilio David, uh, whom I'm very proud to call as my younger brother, Ambo. Thank you very much for coming to my podcast. Maraming salamat, Kuya.
Conversations with Randy David would not have been possible without the help of Puma Podcast, music composed by LM Cancho. You may reach us via email at rsd.podcast at gmail.com. You may also follow us on Facebook at Conversations with Randy David and on Twitter at Prof. Randy David. This is Cara David, hoping that you can listen in again in the next episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.